And welcome to episode 332 of the Sound Studs Podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my future murderer co-hosts, Peter and Jake. That's right, Kurt. And we're, we are here today on the, uh, the day off edition of the cast, where we take two of, two of the hottest uh, Hollywood celebrities, and we just give them a vacation day because they are so, so overworked and so put upon, and... But they have to say to the camera before they do it, they say, day off. off. And, of course, those those Hollywood celebrities are Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. Mm-hmm. Just purely, purely coincidence that it was those yeah. two. I, I saw a comment somewhere saying that they should just remake Face Off every few years with, like, two, two of the latest celebrities. And just the same movie. No, they should just remake it with Nick Cage and John Travolta every few years. I I like his meta work. They should do something where it's like the making of Face Off, and then maybe they do like a story behind it where he actually has he actually has that like he tries to do it like it's like the movie was more a proof of concept than it was a story. (laughs) And we're actually going to try it in this movie. We're going to try to take my face off. Man, love it. That's the prequel to what botched. What that was the show, right? <laughs> um, the one with the uh, bad plastic surgery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Botched. Sure was. This, this, and we'll try and keep this show from being botched. <laughs> and as always, we're coming at you live. This is a hard one to do. Um, so I'm just gonna say we're doing it at the airport. The wonderful, delectable airport, and we're just gonna see who lands. Um, they got some some stuff set up. We're on the we're on the tarmac. We're on the runway. There's rumblings that it'll be a certain uh, Mr. Yankovic. Yeah, might be Mr. Yankovic. Might be might be Daniel Radcliffe dressed up as Mr. Yank. Uh, might be um, <laughs> Mr. Yank. Uh, might be uh, Mr. Uh, uh, the Naked Gun. Mr. Yankovic. The Naked Gun himself. You know, coming off the mm-hmm. runway. Remington, yeah. oh Remington nude, Remington oh, what Spiel. a <laughs> both excellent uh, romance names, yeah, just like um, Willis Money Quest. So, um, with with that out of the way in record time, uh, normally I save plugs like this towards the end of the show, but I implore anyone uh, listening to this on a podcatcher of choice. Uh, to check out the YouTube version of the podcast, as we have done some some big work to uh, improve the video version of this podcast, and uh, think you will all enjoy what you see on that. So, uh, oh yeah, y'all y'all don't know about that yet. You might enjoy it. Come, your kids are gonna to love us. it. Uh, listen and see us. It's an audio visual treat. Yeah. Come yes. and look at my shoe boxes. Come find us. <laughs> there are three different colors. Can you guess which ones they are? If you can guess, come um, see my arcade cabinet. <laughs> you can come to my house and just sniff them. Look. You know, just I'll open them up and you can sniff everything that's inside. I got them. a deal. You go to YouTube, you watch our video, you find that link, you find that secret sneaky link, 
to our OnlyFans, you find that bonus content. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking You know what I'm saying, eh? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. We should do like a we should do like an OnlyFans or some of that where we like stream movie nights and we say, Hey, come watch a movie with me. Spelled C U M or some of that, you know, because it's OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. And right. then we just watch like shit that we put up on Plex or Is there is there no uh Is there no fee to start OnlyFans? To start one? Probably not. Yeah, okay. Well if it's free, I'm I'm all for starting a joke OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm trying to see if there's Joke. like if there is safe for work content on OnlyFans. There is supposed to. Be. I'm gonna hang dog on Twitch one of these days because apparently that's that's, <laughs> that's a, a... a recognized growth strategy. That's how we get big, uh, figuratively and literally. Big <laughs> like my dong that I'm gonna hang. <laughs> um, I I think there is like safe for work stuff on OnlyFans because there was a moment yeah, like, there was a fleeting moment where OnlyFans I think was getting like possibly bought out by somebody um, they were going to get like an app and, or something yeah. and they had to be family friendly or some sort or they had to like tone it down and there's like people like fisting their buttholes on that app on that <laughs> website like for five bucks it's, it's amazing it's like the value on that site is is impeccable. Like you only get that <laughs> kind of like content on like premium premium websites for and five, now you have for 5 bucks in a nickel. You have every you can watch three women play the play the cup and ball game with their asshole. Yeah. Shuffle them around so find the one. It's a shell game. <laughs> it's oh I'd call it the Michelle game where they're all named <laughs> they're Michelle. They're all named Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> and and my Michelle by fucking uh, Guns N' Roses <laughs> is the yes. music and all of it. Oh my god! Well, yeah, it's 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 so so many. Uh, if anyone steals that idea, we will sue. <laughs> Looking at you, Blumhouse. You can you can only get your 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 classic Ariana Grande lookalike parody accounts doing porn on OnlyFans. It's it's fantastic. It, and that's so, a beautiful place. Uh, note note about that one everyone's on the same page here right that the porn parody name for ariana grande is ariola grande right that only makes sense i think she has a real yeah name. but uh as long as i'm plugging her i might as well is it not ariana grande <laughs> no it's a it's a it's a look like oh uh, i yeah i'm not familiar with this person uh she's got f- i i just i threw the name out there i, d- I did not I, I mean i'm sure they exist but um i did not plan Paige, Paige, i did not plan any of this her name is Paige neiman and i believe she's an only fans okay or something. um i do i do trust you as the authority of the three of us on that <laughs> jake has the, he has the focus look of a, of a professional right now Wait, which all right which? well just like uh just like Jake's a pro at getting down to business on OnlyFans, we're pros at getting down to business on Treywatch, our mm-hmm. trailer review and roundup segment. 
And uh, it was a big week this week, so we took precautions to make this not a six-hour tray watch. We hit the and we're just going to gloss over everything that was on D23. There's a lot of D23 shit. A lot of a lot of controversial, I guess, controversial stuff. A lot of mediocre stuff. Um, well, I think of... I think the controversy surrounding the Little Mermaid stuff was like already hashed out at the announcement. You would think yeah. so. Face. I I've been hearing a lot about it. Um, well, I guess maybe enough time had passed from the announcement that people forgot that that was going to be a thing, and now it's like in full gear. Like, those were just, like, little articles that were posted here and there that, like, they did casting, and it's... A name popped up, but if you didn't look into the name, you, you realize, oh, oh, a black lady. Um, and now they actually come out with it, and we have to see it to believe it, and everybody's like, oh, oh I never. This is white erasure. <laughs> That's not, like, the Danish fanfic that got written. I mean, it's a mermaid. Well, it, it's not. It's kind of it's. It is kind of odd, in a sense that like this is the one, uh, change that they made with all the Disney live action movies. You know, like they were all more or less mm. like yeah, that kind of looked like the cartoon version of the character. I mean, for I mean, the most part, this specifically maybe, but they made. I mean, they made a lot of changes to these live action. Well, I'm, I'm just like with as at least as far as like the Disney princesses go, you know, uh, Emma Watson. You're like, okay, yeah, I can see the resemblance to Belle in, in the animated picture. Mulan, I forget the actress who played her, but you're like, yeah, okay, I can I can see the resemblance. But Mulan, they totally fucked up the story. Like there was a completely yes, different. Yes, they animal. totally fucked up the story. <laughs> like. like I, 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 I'm I'm purely speaking from a visual standpoint. Yeah, I get it. I mean, no, it. So I, I looked at this from like a different perspective, and it's like, there's kind of a outlook of like, do you want to have like a blind, all inclusive, like whatever casting when it comes to this? Whoever's the best singer. Look at it from two perspectives. If you do a white, if you come out with a white actress as Ariel, okay. Nobody bats an eyelash. Whatever, it's the same. No one would same care. Role. Yeah. Nobody cares. And then you have to assume, okay, maybe she was just the best person for that role. But now we have this this black girl who is appeared appeared very very talented in the the bit that we saw. We'll have to wait till it fully comes out, obviously. But um, you know, who's not to say that she wasn't the best pick for it in like a blind, no like. No racial uh, th- things taken the, into account. It's like the uh, the voice, right? Yeah, there is there is yeah. the the obvious kind of like cynical take where this was done to to stir up controversy and get people talking about this movie because you know the I the mean, last few Disney live action remakes have kind of been uh, meh. So mm-hmm. meh, considering but I they made I, fucking I, gangbusters though. Oh, um, mon- did Mulan yeah. make a lot of money? Uh, I think that was kind of a financial disappointment. Possibly, in let's, let's of course that was that was a pandemic thing, more so than it anything else. Come out mm-hmm. on Disney Plus. Oh right, wasn't Mulan? Didn't they like charge? That was the 30, that was the premium access one. Yeah. yeah, thirty bucks to watch that fucking movie. And uh, you know they they all made uh. 70, well, Dumbo, 70 million. Dumbo didn't make a ton of money. 
But I don't... Was that released in... Relative movies? to... Uh... But, like, Lion King, the one that everybody shit on for, like, CG... Yeah, Lion King made, made a, a lot of money. Of money. It made I over a billion dollars, I think Beauty and the Beast yeah. made a lot of money, too. They were, they were printing money for a while, but a couple of them didn't. Like, the Dumbo one didn't make a ton of money. Mulan, largely due to external factors, didn't make a ton of money. Uh, Lady and the Tramp and... Uh, Pinocchio, they just shat on the Disney Plus immediately. Yeah, are, they didn't even want to yeah, try I've, that. I've heard in a theaters. lot. Of, yeah, I've heard a lot of dumping on Pinocchio. <laughs> yeah, they're. I mean, the, the things that they're coming out in theaters that they want to be theatrical releases, which I'm assuming that Little Mermaid was going to be theatrical release, like of their main Probably. showcase. Um, like Aladdin was in there too. I think Aladdin also made a good amount of money. Uh, was Dumbo uh, Disney Plus or was that in theaters too? No, that was before Disney yeah, Plus. Before existed. Disney Plus even existed. Oh, okay. That one had Danny DeVito in it. Danny DeVito. <laughs> Casey Dune, you're coming down the track. Aladdin made a million. That was uh, right before COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, a billion? Uh, maybe. Billion. Sorry, billion. <laughs> made I, made I one million dollars. I said, million dollars. said a million with a B, okay? <laughs> a billion, yeah. I uh, made a billion. So that was that was fine. That was very good. Um, yeah. But yeah. So I mean, whatever. Is that uh, Disenchanted, the the mm-hmm. Enchanted sequel, which uh, kind of, you know, when I when I saw that this was a movie, I was like, I don't know that that concept really has legs for a sequel. But they kind of turn it on its head and try to like, the the plot is she fucking like is upset living in the real world and wants to go back and bring the fairy tale to the real world. Right. And becomes like the, fa- becomes the evil stepmother yeah. in the process. Yeah. So that's, that's a kind of an interesting take on it. I just got to say though, J- James Marsden does not age. Oh yeah. Yeah. The prince or whatever. <laughs> yeah. The prince. He fucking, he like, I, I, I was watching X, uh, X-Men two. I was finishing that the other day. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm like, he looks the exact same as he does today. Who was it? This man is the fucking ageless yeah, wonder. Kristen He's was got like, the fucking regimen. Kristen was like, wow, Patrick Dempsey looks old. And then James Marsden came out, and she's like, he does not look any different from the first one. <laughs> he looks the same. <laughs> um, so we got, uh, so real quick, burning through some of the Disney Studios stuff. Uh, we got Hocus Pocus 2, uh, which is very mm-hmm. nice. The first trailer. We saw the tr- the teaser yeah, for that a while stuff. back. We got first trailer for that. Um, it confirmed she is skating around on Roombas. Uh, <laughs> we got uh, Haunted Mansion. Uh, little was known about this. I think they just announced that there's uh, one one of the cast members or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Wish, uh, Peter Pan and Wendy... Uh, a new movie called Owaju. Uh, I don't know what the fuck that is, but that's going to be in 2023. Big one, Mufasa, The Lion King. So a prequel to The Lion King. Didn't, oh, boy. Because for reasons we just stated, it made uh, all the dollars. Yeah. And then in yeah. 2024, we're going to get Snow White. Um, Pixar uh, showed some more stuff about Elemental. Uh, there's a new movie called Helio coming out eventually, and Inside Out two coming in 2024. Um, endless, yeah. endless uh, content. Some minor, st- endless burnout for the yeah, VFX right. teams. Minor stuff from Lucasfilm. We got uh, Tales of the Jedi, new trailer for that. We got uh, Willow, uh, the Bad Batch announcement, and then Indiana Jones five. 
and some uh, there's a minor stuff from Marvel Treasure series coming out oh. as well. I just want to throw that out there. Uh, yeah, the stuff from Marvel. Um, Werewolf by Night uh, came out with a trailer that's premiering on Disney Plus October seventh. Looks artistic. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Secret Invasion is is coming out. I wonder if they use that as an opportunity to uh, get the Fantastic Four on screen, or at least tease it more. Yeah. Because the, the scroll invasion was a Fantastic Four joint. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Super they Scroll. They just gave it to Captain Marvel. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, yeah, pretty much. Like, Super Scroll is is an amalgam of the Fantastic Four. Um, mm-hmm. When I think of the scrolls, I think of the Fantastic Four. Um, so there, there's that. Uh, we got a new... The, the Willow... TV series. Yeah. We got a, yep. a trailer for that. Percy Jackson's in the Olympians, which uh, you know they made a big mistake not casting uh, Moist Critical <laughs> as <Yeah. laughs> Percy Jackson. Definitely. <laughs> I I just that just occurred to me. Like, yeah, I was like, why why wait, why do they have Percy Jackson? It's because they have Fox now. For yeah, Century Studios. Which uh, the uh, ho- hopefully this comes out. I read the first couple of Percy Jackson books. I liked Greek mythology, and they were all right. I did not see the original movie. I did not hear great things about it. Yeah, I heard it was not a good ad- adaptation. Yeah, but uh, I mean, we it's... got the Andor season one trailer. I'm sure everyone's excited about that. And of the course movie the s- that was so impactful that they had to t- re-release the movie was based on to yeah. get people to remember who remember this was about. This is Andor, the favorite. <laughs> and of course, everyone's uh, most most anticipated series, the Santa Claus is starring none other than or featuring none other than Peyton Manning. <laughs> yeah, and they talk a lot about Tom Brady. Uh, yeah. yeah, so that's that's gonna be. Uh, interesting. It is a Disney Plus series, so it's right there, not in theaters. Kind of a diversion from that. Um, so, yeah. is that a a like a reboot of the Santa Claus? Yeah. I think it's a, it's continuation. a continuation. They got Tim Allen back for it. I think he's like, I'm I'm overworked. I need to hire some new Santa Clauses. Yeah, the gimmick is okay. Tim Allen's retiring, and he's gonna. He's retiring he and he needs a replacement. Take over his movie franchise as he becomes an yeah. executive producer. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's, I mean, the basic gist of it. I don't think there's really that much more. Um, Disney Plus subscribers are going to have a nice content dump over the next yeah. year or so. So have fun with that. I'm I'm sure some of it will, will sneak up and be decent. A lot of it, I'm sure, will just be content for the the sake of content. I think the things that I'm looking most forward to is uh, Werewolf by Night for something a little bit different. Uh, it's, it's all shot in black and white, hopefully. It's not like a, a pull one over on, on us. Um, I'm also looking forward to the uh, Tales of the Jedi and the uh, Ahsoka series. Which I, I'm not terribly interested by much of what they showed off. I think there's a chance the National Treasure show is decent. Um, I was a I was a big fan of the. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. cheesy and cornball 
looking at it now, but as a kid, I was a big fan of the the first National Treasure movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that show has the potential to be decent. And I will I will watch the uh, Percy Jackson thing. Yeah. I, now, I, I will say. I have high hopes, but I'll watch mm-hmm. it. My only word on this is the fact that National Treasure is now a Disney uh, property. It always was. The, oh, I, I did not realize it always was. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was part of uh, 20th century. Okay, well, then that kind of validates my point, because I was going to say, like, Disney is forever. They've always wanted to, like, have, like, a really prominent and good, like, America section at Disneyland. Like, they have, like, the Hall of Presidents and stuff. Um, Oh, yeah, Main Street USA is the whole, like, you know, Americana in the 50s, sort of. And they've always been wanting to, like, push that, or so I understand. But, like, so having, like, a national treasure, like, having the national treasure ride or something like that, yeah. I feel like I, I don't know why they haven't done that. I before. think what would like, push like have a national treasure escape room on like some escape rooms on Main Street USA. That'd be pretty interesting. I, that would be fucking cool. I think cool. what would push it for me over the edge would be if they get uh, Indiana Jones to do a crossover with uh, a <laughs> national treasure. That'd be <sighs> so. Could. You see they the could. thing. Well, I mean, you could, but you couldn't because Indiana Jones takes place in the 30s and the 40s. And National Treasure took place like when it came out, so like in two thousand six. Well, they just have uh, Shia LaBeouf rebuff his role. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf his role back into well, sh- the new Indiana. Shia Jones. LaBeouf is uh, he's he's a different person now. Is he blacklisted after? Uh... I don't know that he's blacklisted. He just does weird shit now. Like he got. What was the last thing he was in? The Tax Man. He was supposed to be in um. Uh, the the Olivia Wilde's new movie. Um, shit, what the oh what the fuck is that? Uh, don't worry, yeah, darling. Don't worry, darling. And he got fired, or he quit. I don't know which one. There's conflicting messages. Well, uh, judging from everything I've heard about what went down on set for that movie, I think it's more likely he quit than got fired. Because yeah. if if fucking all the people who are in that movie didn't get fired. For their grotesque behavior on set, I can't imagine that Shia LaBeouf did anything that would get imagine him canned. Imagine a twenty-four-seven fuckfest on set. No, that's just theater kids. That's just theater. It's just any theater kid joint. The, the casual theater kid orgy. Uh, <laughs> speaking of theater kid orgies, um, the school for good okay. and evil sure seems like it's a you really know what? great spot. I'll take it. That's for. A plus. Some some fanfic theater kid orgies. Uh, I don't even know if we were going to talk about this movie, but fuck it. This is the first. We are now, I guess. The first uh, <laughs> full trailer for this shit. Um, I did not realize it was going to be about like straight up Cinderella and Snow White, but Hogwarts style. Mm-hmm. Kind of silly. Yeah. Kind of yeah. hate it. I can feel the <laughs> YA waves just coming, just washing over me. <laughs> yeah, off this, of this trailer. This fucking. Glows neon fucking fandom with a capital F. This is somebody's fucking dirty bait. fan fiction, dirty furry fanfic turned into, and there is a furry in here. I saw Wolfman, I think, um, turned into movie, and I'm upset because I'm like, where's Harry? Mm-hmm. Where are you? Where's yeah, Voldemort? It. It's it's so like on the nose what it is. I People mean. Are- 
it's people not in the comments are trying to be like it's it's more you got you have to watch it like it's not what you think it is i'm like is it them like determining that like the system is actually evil and they're gonna like rebel against it or whatever well i guess there was a book right mm-hmm. and the book has its fans as most ya novels do and yeah there are there are comments like this one from free always guys in all caps this isn't ever after high descendants or anything like that you have to actually read the book but uh what these people don't realize is there's a chance that they don't adapt the book super well and it turns into ever after high or the descendants or something like that like just because the book wasn't a thing doesn't mean the movie is gonna be like the book also ask anyone who's read a book that was turned into a movie (laughs) making a movie about a book and 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 saying you have to read the book in order to get it defeats the fucking purpose. Sure, you like, can read the even, book and like add that to your movie experience, but even no. good movies, like good book adaptations for movies, like m- have things about them that like personally I like the American Psycho movie, but the book is a lot better because it does a much better job of leaving it up to the reader whether or not Patrick Bateman's crazy and all the shit's in his head. In the movie, they kind of, like, really push the idea, oh, yeah, he's crazy, it's all in his head. But the book mm-hmm. does a better job of, of more keeping you ambiguous. And uh, No Country for Old Men, similarly, um, they really kind of do a, a better job in the book of leaving it up to the... Uh, Reader, if Anton Sugar killed, uh, um, fucking God, Josh Brolin's character's wife at the end of the movie. But mm-hmm. in the movie, you know, he's checking his shoes for blood, so you you just kind of are left with the assumption, oh yeah, he killed her. Um, right. So like, even in good movies based on books, they change shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the point I'm trying to make. That makes sense. <laughs> Nothing is nothing is adaptation. Nothing's true. sacred, damn it. <laughs> that's why that's why Lord of the Rings was so popular because it was like it was one of the rare, one of the more uncommon um, faithful adaptations of a yeah. of a strongly a really good adaptation. Harry Potter a- movies, similarly, I guess I never read any of the Harry Potter books, so I can't comment. And then they had to go fuck it up and put black elves in there. Come on, Rings of Power, what are you doing? Well. I- from what I've from what I have I have seen slash read about Rings of Power, that is the least of its problems. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's just it's a it's a joke. It's a joke, everybody. Don't cancel me on Twitter. I didn't mean it. It's a bad show because of other reasons, not because of it's a bad show because of it's bad the dwarves, writing. right? Because of the blelves, not of... because of the blelves. I'm not a blelve. I'm not a blacist. Blacist. A black elf racist. World of Warcraft taught me that they should have been purple instead. It is well, funny that's dark though, elves, the, isn't it? It is funny though elves. with that commentary. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, you can have fucking wizards and dwarves and elves, but God forbid they the be most, a different shade. The most mythical creature of all, <laughs> a black person. I I understand the the point though that like Tolkien specifically called out elves as being of fair skin and you know 
it's kind of disrespectful, maybe, ah, to fuck him. change change his work <laughs> to suit hey. your modern sensibilities. Hey, fuck him. He's dead. That's what I got to say. But his fans aren't. Oh, fuck them, too. Well, you fuck want the them fans. to watch your show. Well, fuck them. So maybe don't. Fuck them. The people who want to see some fucking black elves will come out and watch the movie or watch the show. <laughs> That's who will. You know, because a lot of fucking people showed up and watched the garbage fire that was the last season of Game of Thrones. And they're making more shit out of that. Well, I, I've heard good things about House, House of House Dragon. of Dragon is great. I'm saying the last season of Game of Thrones is bad. Yeah. Like, if that's any well, indicator because... that this thing shouldn't continue with HBO, it's like that the last season, last couple seasons of my, Game of Thrones yeah, was a big my, I think I think the, the greater, the broader point here is that... Don't put Black um, Elves in your show. Bad writing is more harmful <laughs> than any casting choice. <laughs> Make sure your women dwarves have beards. Uh, Make sure... Make sure your Bruce Willis <laughs> has his earpiece in <laughs> for his uh, line delivery. Detective Knight Rogue. Um, it's the latest uh, Bruce Willis thingy. Which on, I think I think this one escaped our radar. I think in all the times we, we've, we've, I think we said something about it while I was looking up the filmography. I'm like, oh, Detective Knight Rogue. That's coming out later. We'll catch that one. I don't recall this one, but I feel like I've said that about seven of these Bruce Willis movies. Mm-hmm. There's just too many to remember. If you ask me any of them, I'm going to say I don't know any of them. I've already forgotten Detective I'd believe Rogue. I'd believe you if you just threw out a random movie title and said this is a Bruce Willis Lionsgate movie. I would probably say, oh, yeah, sure. We're all going to see that new mm-hmm. Bruce Willis movie, uh, Save Me at the Operas Tonight, Daddy Bruce. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, I saw course. that trailer. I remember, I remember that trailer. He yeah. just had a supporting role, though. <laughs> they could only get him for a scene. Yeah, he um he, this one is more memorable to me though because he has an actual one-liner in the trailer. Yeah. Um, Trick or treat. And so I'm gonna hold on to that like a little precious gem. So there was that. Rem- it reminds me of um this fucking Thanksgiving-based. Or maybe it was just a killer turkey horror movie. Mm-hmm. And the one-liner from that is gobble, gobble, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> was that Thanks Killing? It was something dumb like that. I never watched the whole movie, God, but I, I saw so. the, mm-hmm. the fucking scene where it's like, gobble, gobble, motherfucker. <laughs> Thanks Killing. It's got to be. Um, speaking of bad movies. It's a series. <laughs> bad cinema. Excuse um, you. <laughs> Thanks Killing was a... <laughs> <laughs> a cinematic it, masterpiece. Gobble gobble motherfuckers right up Spielberg there. Spielberg himself. It's right up there um, with Yippee Kaye motherfucker oh in terms of famous <laughs> one liners. Um I'm putting Babylon and the Fablemans together because they are both they're different shades of what I'm gonna call cinema wank. Um, which is movies about how cool movies are and how cool Hollywood is. And the people who make movies are actually really cool people, and you should re- love them because they're so nice. And I think the Fablemans the best thing is ever. the opposite of that, actually. I think the, the point of the Fablemans is that the mother is an awful mother because she's obsessed with her stardom. The mother? I thought I thought it was about the son, the Fablemans. It was about the son who was like, he wanted to make the movies. Yeah, but the mother's a starlet, isn't she? 
No, I thought she would like she gave up on her dreams. She's like yeah, she's right. like playing the piano in her in her room, and the grandpa's like, "Ah, she could have been a concert pianist." Yeah, well, I mean, it's I, but it's it's the Spielberg. This is I, the life. This is uh, Spielberg's uh, version of his life. Yeah, I mean, it's it's about any. It's like any movie that goes. I wouldn't say it's like, oh yeah, they're the best people because they make the movies. It's just about a kid that's into filmmaking. <laughs> But it's, oh, I don't know. There's I something mean, about it. I, I wouldn't call Cinema Paradiso Cinema Wank because it features a character that's into filmmaking <laughs> or is a filmmaker later in life. They're just trying to self-filate themselves. They're like, no, we're truly our artists. Like, don't you see the shots that we're setting up and and the Speaking lighting, man? I know. What's, isn't there, like, uh, some award, award seasons coming up? Um, yes, the Emmys just happened. Okay. Um, and the Oscars are in January. Shout out to Lizzo for winning an Emmy. Yeah, for, for a that, show that I never heard of. <laughs> for that thing she was in. There's a lot. Watch of out for big girls is the name of the show, oh, really? which <laughs> I don't. All I know about the Emmys is Jimmy Kimmel did a fucking joke that pissed people off. Oh yeah, he said uh, he was. Uh, he pretended to die on stage yeah, he, and just laid there during an limp. award presentation. Well, it was because it was also because uh um, well at least they were friends. They knew each other. Um, it was like the second uh, black actress to win uh best support actress, I think. In a in a in a comedy show, I believe. Which hasn't been won no, for 35 years. I think years. it was because, if I remember, if I from what I read, and, and maybe we, we read conflicting information, it was because John Oliver beat him out again for best uh, comedy variety show, that Emmy, mm. and, and he was like, ah, oh, and pretended to die on stage because of it, and then just laid there. I think the black actress was the, the award recipient when he was laying yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. so we're on the same yeah. page about. Oh, okay. I thought he was. I thought he was like a co-host or something like that. Because there was he somebody may have with been. him. Because there was somebody who dragged him out or something like that. I... Yeah, someone dragged him like elsewhere on the stage, thinking like when that was done, he'd he'd get up and leave, yeah. but he didn't. Yeah, it was. I think it was just a joke that went a little too far, and it if... was like not. Not really that funny. I mean, it's it's one of those I things even, that I people... can't even get hard if there's not a fist fight on stage anymore. <laughs> yeah, at like, award ceremony. It doesn't even. My nipples don't even get erect unless there's like an assault. <laughs> it's like what porn. Is Verbal done. abuse gets me like a half chub, <laughs> but I need that physical assault. It's like what porn has done for me in the bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Chris, <laughs> honey, you've got death grip on your award trophy. What what you all don't know is uh, Don John is actually inspired by Jake's sex life. <laughs> if there ain't a belt around my neck, <laughs> I don't want it. Jacob, secretly Jacob Carradine. That's um, well, that's, that's why your obligatory David Carradine joke. That's why I'm getting uh, so I'm getting married, right? That's that's all allowable after you're married. I don't, right? I don't think for your, for your lifeline. Part of me <laughs> thinks that David Carradine didn't actually die of autoerotic asphyxiation. He was murdered, and and they made it look like that because he was in like a 
a really seedy I, part of Taiwan or something like that. I don't know the the Caridine conspiratines. I remember I remember reading something like this is all vague recollections of the events where I'm like, hmm, that seems a little fishy. Uh, but you know, maybe I was presented bad information. Who knows? Speaking of fishy, um, something's fishy with this dead guy in Mr. Harrigan's phone. Okay. Yeah, a Netflix movie uh, produced by Blumhouse based on a Stephen King short story um, yeah. about a, a guy who makes a, a friend with a brutalist old man who passes away and uh, commits acts of violence against those who wrong the boy in his uh, afterlife. Hell yeah. They, they spell it out right in the fucking trailer for it no mystery at all baby <laughs> i was like oh what steve what a uh, um stephen king book so this is, is this this is his new stuff yes this is a newer thing oh. of his like 2020 he's, he, he's it's a still writing of, he is yeah he's <laughs> prolific author just banging them out that's that's it that's the only actual stephen king story is that he was cursed and he has to keep writing horror novels or yeah. else he dies. That's going to be his final book. Well, not all of his novels are horror novels. Um, like Shawshank Redemption is a Stephen King story. And it it was mm-hmm. a um, it was really a romance story about a bunch of young kids and one girl. <laughs> Just all leading up to that one point. That's that's all Jake remembers about that book for obvious reasons. <laughs> that and all the cocaine fueled clown porn that was the written. clown cosmology. The the clown lore. Clownsmology. Man, yeah. do I love fucking that clown dark lore. tower tie-ins. Ooh yeah. <laughs> Pennywise fights a fucking turtle spirit or Hell some yeah. shit like that. <laughs> they do battle by locking tongues the, or something. It's the weirdest version of Discworld I've ever read. Yeah, it's it, it's fucking wild. <laughs> Man, I want that Yu-Gi-Oh! But, um, <laughs> I didn't see that in the anime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they should really make anime oh, adaptations. Kurt, why is there not a Stephen King archetype? <laughs> not <laughs> yet. It's just all his characters. I mean, it, it's like ghost tricks, but... <laughs> give it time. But stronger. Konami, what are you um, doing? You came out with the princesses and the Jedi. I, yeah, I just want to say yeah. that... Um, I like the fact that this is because this is a uh, the story. The short story came out in 2020. This was, in fact, Stephen King going. What if it? What if? What if it was a ghost on the other end of the <laughs> the iPhone? Oh, you see, I got the inspiration. <laughs> what if the emojis were sent from hell? I got the inspiration oh. from a robocall when I picked up the phone and nobody <laughs> was there. I thought it was a ghost, and then five thousand dollars disappeared from my checking account. <laughs> um yes i mean that's basically what happens (laughs) that's it yeah yeah and Um, uh that's basically tray watch this week i want to make a shout out to decision to leave because it looks like a really good movie that's gonna do good things with his camera and cinematography it's good i think from the same guy who uh directed parasite a lot of people are going to make the decision to leave the theater. <laughs> so I I had a question. This said it's going to be like the most romantic movie of the year, but the the score throughout the entire trailer is just chilling. Yeah, this is it's going to be like a weird romantic thriller, I feel like. Yeah. For Koreans. <laughs> 
Korean Jesus. Uh, yeah, who is it? I'm waiting for the name. Kung, uh, Park Chan Wook. Is that who did uh, Parasite? Let's, uh, let's find out. Uh, South Korean... Oh well, the oh the bon, synopsis. No, bon I did not Jun read the Ho. synopsis when I was watching the trailer. Yeah, Bong Jun Ho. Okay, I guess they were just. I guess the the splash screens were just comparing them because they're both Korean movies. Oh, which, did they? Oh, did they compare it to? Paris? Well, he well, did do. He did do Old Boy. Wait, um, uh, what was the director's name? Park Chan Wook. Park Chan Wook. Spelled um, like it sounds. No. Um, I was gonna say maybe it was one of the actors, and because there, there, I guess Park is a pretty common Korean name. It is because just in Parasite you have Park Soo Joon, um, mm-hmm. Park So Dam, who is who's a woman. So I guess it's it's kind of like Leslie can be either, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Park Myung Hoon, mm-hmm. just in that one yeah. movie. Uh, no, so, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Park Kyun Rook is another I one. I did not realize he did both Old Boy and Snowpiercer. Oh, he produced yeah, produced. Yeah, he was Snow. Wait, this guy or or Bung Jun? Uh, Park Jan Hook. Okay, maybe he was a producer on Parasite. He may have been involved. I, w- I wonder. If, uh, just reading this, I wonder if Park is is the last name. And they do it like last name first. Oh. That would make more sense. That would make a lot more sense, actually. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Director. But he was born on August 23rd, 1963. So, <laughs> nice. <laughs> he old, I guess. Good job, Park. Or should I say Chan Wook? All right. So, let's move on to the follow-up here. And uh, with that, we'll bring up our uh, our um, our box office list, which uh, for some reason is not showing. Well, it's and, our uh, spotlight to start it off. Yeah, yeah. We'll start well, off I'm bang. For the, okay, I got it. Got, got it on the video here. Okay, cool, cool. So uh, it's 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 tinier than I would prefer, but uh, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> Y'all, y'all can read that on YouTube. <laughs> In first place, we've got Barbarian with uh, $10.5 million, which, as, as Jake mentioned, does make it our spotlight film of the week. Not because it made that money, but it, it just happened to be our, our spotlight it's film one of the week. The, and now, we all know. Well, there are, I was going to say one of the few new movies, but there's, there's a fair few this week. Yeah. So we uh, all, this, is the, this is the biopic for Nicki Minaj, right? I, I don't know that. I, I don't know the reference. Very small subset of people will get that reference. The Barb's is the name given to Nicki Minaj fans or stands, as they are referred to, and they are vicious. If you offend, are they more vicious than the bees of uh, of the Beyonce yeah, I w- hive? I will say, yeah, yeah. If you if you uh there we go disparage uh Nicki minaj our lord and savior minaj the barbarian herself uh her barbs will come after you in droves and hop in your qrts and destroy you on twitter and they'll call you racist and they'll call you 
all other words that you can't say back to them. I mean, you don't hear about Iggy Azalea anymore. No. Because the barbs got there. Exactly. The... <laughs> exactly. So, Barbarian, the biopic about Nicki Minaj and her relentless um, fan army. So, Barbarian has made uh, $14 million, uh to date. And it does find itself in our spotlight um, this week. So, uh, Barbarian has ma- has a 7.10, 7.7 out of 10 on IMDb, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 74% on Fandango. So, it is, uh, it's doing quite well in terms of critical reception. But you know the drill. No one gives a shit about that. It's all about what the real reviewers that hang out in the IMDb user review section have to say and uh we lead off with um <clears throat> a reading from uh jk what's up weirdo podcast hey uh, another podcaster pod, who pod who man. gave this movie a nine out of ten saying i never could have guessed submitted september 8th okay barbarian was bonkers Given the name, I was afraid it'd be a kidnappy gore fest slash hostile style, but I was pleasantly surprised to find it was not even remotely what I thought it would be. It's not what anyone could imagine. I had read its 90 minutes of WTF, comma, but I'd actually almost say it's a slow burn. In a nice way. Really fun to see in a theater. Especially if you're from Detroit. Eyes crying emoji. Laughing, crying emoji. Parenthetical. It death got some choice laughs in the theater I was in. Practical effects. Great acting. Super stylish directing. Laughs and weirdness would be awesome in a drive through <laughs> A drive through theater. <laughs> you, just, you just drive through. You get the that. movie gets blasted in your face it's like edited down to five seconds super sped up no it's it's got the reel going right beside you the whole time you're like wait 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 hold up i need to i need to see this back so you like you you throw the car in reverse and you crash into the car behind you in the drive-thru feeder yeah uh awesome to see the drive-thru don't watch the trailer go in blind it's a riot thumbs up from me uh and we got a thumb emoji a uh, door emoji and a flashlight emoji uh, to close it out. Okay. Um, and 102 out of 113 found that review helpful. All right. Well, that's great. I'll go in blind. Sure. I'm just going <laughs> to Oedipus complex my eyeballs real what? quick. What? <laughs> that doesn't make any fucking sense. Just going to Oedipus Rex my are, eyeballs. Jake, who is the father of your eyes? Sorry. I, and other things Jaden Smith might say. The only thing I can think of at the moment, Oedipus Rex my eyes. Is okay. that better? Is that better? Title of... That's, that's Jake's new single. That's what he fucking did. He, he shagged his mom, realized it was his mom. Was All right. Like, okay. Yikes. I, and then jammed out yes. his okay. eyes with his yes. thumbs. All right. all right, all right, all right. We got the reference. Read your detail. fucking read your review, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, viewers, listeners, watchers, uh, if you would not like any spoilers, because I'm pretty sure this gives away a, a, a good bit, just slap plus thirty seconds to this bitch, okay? Because Russ Hogg yeah. says, "Uh, one out of ten. Warning, spoilers. Last." Warning. 
This was not a good horror film. The story does not make any sense at all. Like literally zero. If the lady went out at night, how come she never took the people in the Air Airbnb hmm? on the on the first night? Why did she wait until they found her in the basement? Who opened and closed the door to the basement and locked them? Was that just a, a trap that the dad set? How come the black dude never said to her she was going to be attacked? He just tried to run at her and scare her. Why would he spend any time at all in, the, in a neighborhood where some creepy old hag lady ran around? Who sold the young couple the Airbnb in the first place? How did they get double booked? How could anyone believe? Ask the real questions here. <laughs> How could anyone believe that a convention in town would take would take up all the hotel space in Detroit? <laughs> what was the young man having a nightmare about? <laughs> what did the people in the basement eat? And when did they eat it? <laughs> Where did the big old bottle come from? How did the guy from Hollywood own property in Detroit? Why did Piranha Plant have bone in it? <laughs> Why did he go back there? <laughs> Wait, Jake, how many more of these do you have? Because I want you to read them in Jonathan Frake's voice. Who's Jonathan Frake? <laughs> he's uh, Commander Riker. Yeah. I'm, I'm, remember he had that show where he's like... He's also Xanatos and Gargoyles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he had that, like, that real-life mystery show where he's like... What's the most a type? Factor fiction typed? is the name of the show. Uh -huh. Yeah. Have you ever logged onto your internet? Oh, okay. I get. It. I maybe, maybe I can try it. All right. I'll probably butcher it. But why did he go back there? How could he not know the space in the basement was not good for rental or sales? And why was this <laughs> film even called Barbarian? Was that woman a barbarian? Nice work from my man, Night King, though. Who's Night King? He did nice work. 19 out of 32 found that awful. I guess I only had a few more left. but That, that would have been good. There was a lot of questions in there. There's a lot. Man, so man asked for reference, Jake, here's the, I, I sent you the link for the, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. for the, the video. Uh, while, oh, while I read off guy. mine. Yeah, this guy. This fucking guy. That guy. That guy. Um, I'm gonna read out this. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm following with you. I'm just gonna keep on this trail here, Jake. From with this six out of ten re uh, review from I love my Cuda. <laughs> uh, six out of ten. Not scary, but had potential. All right. First of all, who gets an Airbnb and doesn't look at it on Google Maps before they go? <laughs> who ends up in the hood and decides that they'll stay the night? The characters are stupid and make dumb decisions. It's definitely not scary. If it has a great cast and it had the potential to be a really good scary movie, Richard Blake is Richard Brake. Wait, Richard Brake? <laughs> Slam the Richard Brakes. Is a great actor. He plays a good killer, and they could have made this an amazing movie. Justin Long is very talented, and they wasted it in this movie. No one's ever they said that. Took it that in the before. wrong direction. <laughs> it's worth watching if you can see it cheap. But if you're looking for really scary, you'll be disappointed. It's okay, and as far and as far as new movies, it's okay. But it's just okay. Great cast, okay plot, bad execution on it though. Zero out of one. 
Did Justin no. Long write that? Because I, I think that's the first time I've ever heard someone say the phrase, Justin Long is very talented. His mom. <laughs> <laughs> Great movie, but my baby Justin Long, he hasn't visited in a while, but I love him. Underutilized. <laughs> and he's a very good. It's, he's very good. I believe him. He's very good. <laughs> It's okay, and as far as movies go, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. just okay. He's not as good as his cousin. Who's uh, I'm not a, who's sure. A I'm actor. not sure what how he felt about that movie. <laughs> Did he think it was okay? Uh, he, wait, was it might have been okay? Was the name was the name not Justin Long's mom? <laughs> was the name? Of the <laughs> I don't know. I don't like. I I had to look up the the reviewer just so I didn't say something awful when I read out the reviewer name because. It's I love my CUDA, and I. <laughs> the only thing I saw was like an Nvidia like yeah, tech platform. He's he's a very very uh, enthusiastic fan of his CUDA cores on his <laughs> GPU. His only two reviews are this one and the one for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that, the rebake that came out this year. The recent one, yeah. I, I thought he was maybe he was a Li- uh, liberal garbage. I thought he was maybe a Barracuda aficionado, and he he had a pet pet CUDA. I I read now from the book of Disc Golf, (laughs) chapter 733-4-3-4-3-4-3-4-3-4-3-4-3-4-3-4-3-4-3-4-3-4-3-4-3-4-3-4-3-4-3-4-3-4-3-4-3-4-3-4-3-4-3-4-3-4-3-4-3-4-
I love that. That's a good one. One out of ten. I am amazed at how many guitars are too. It's way too long for me to, no, to, he... to hymnal, to, to say this like a hymn. God damn it. I want to, too. I am amazed at how many good reviews this movie has because this movie was awful. I almost fell asleep on it. And I've never done that during a horror movie. If you are reading this, and we are, and you have not seen this movie yet, please do not buy into the hype that is being sold around this movie. I have seen this compare get compared to The Exorcist, Evil Dead, Jeepers Creepers, and a ton of other better horror movies. When in all actuality, this movie is more like someone who seen Don't Breathe and, and went, you know what would have been better if they had... And yeah, this movie was made. You know what? They didn't even, didn't even say it. Fuck you. <laughs> they forgot. They, they yeah. hit their 600 character limit. <laughs> they, they had to jump to ellipses. Uh, the movie started off well and then just went all the way downhill, especially when Justin Long's character shows up and transitions the movie from being horror to a comedy and kills the atmosphere and tension that was being built. You don't need to see this with a crowd. There is no hooting or hollering moments here. But there are a lot of dumb decisions being made by the main character. There are also things that are not explained, given enough backstory, which is why it's frustrating. The movie ends flat, and I mostly, most definitely walked out thinking, what the fuck did I just watch? That's a WTF. Did I just watch? But for all the wrong reasons, my advice would be to tamper... Tamper your tamper expect- your expectations. Tamper your expectations. Tamp it down. Just get gotta, it all. Gotta gotta wire them to explode. Yeah, wire your expectations. Uh, you know, booby trap them and expect to see a very mediocre quote horror film. Forty two out of seventy nine found that helpful. Fair enough. And uh, finally, um, we got one from uh, La Tetro. 26 um 5 out of 10 different type of horror but way way overhyped and um as we always say you need to trust the real reviewers with real reviewer traits and this person agrees with us he knows they know what's good all right i from from the mouth of this man i have to stop trusting critics or people's reviews on YouTube. Because I've been hearing nothing but excellent things, and it got me super hyped. Unless there are reviews. You can trust that's, those. Yeah, that's right. We have real reviewer traits. We spliced in those genes. Um, the movie was dry. It didn't deliver enough. I will say I really respect Zach Kreger, because even though I didn't enjoy the movie as much as I thought I would, Zach made a different type of horror movie. Something we don't see anymore. It was refreshing seeing something new. Those two statements don't mix. They could took they could have took out a lot of scenes that to me were very unnecessary and could have added a lot more, especially when it came to the twist. I was shocked when I saw the twist and thought this movie was going to take off, but nothing really happened. It was all predictable. Horror elements and acting really stood out, but other than that, nothing too exciting. 
Was it a fun time in the theater? Yeah. Was it scary? No. <laughs> would I rec- would I recommend it to people? Maybe for the shock value. Also, this might be a spoiler IDK, so just in case, please avoid this part, period. Please, no period. I got Adam Green's Hatchet vibes while watching. I, If you've seen those Hatchet films, I think you know what I'm talking about, because to me, it was similar <laughs> to an extent. 8 out of 16. I actually, I actually know the movies he's referring to, and it's actually kind of funny um that he he had that weird grammar choice because i believe in the first hatchet movie like the synopsis of like the backstory has some pretty bad grammatical mistakes in it (laughs) (laughs) and but but that is uh that's barbarian that's that's barbarian you will will leave you to uh to make your own decisions about that Um, in the meantime we will return yeah to the uh, the box office to the follow-up with yeah. Brahmastra Part One Brahmastra. Shiva, Brahmastra. Uh, bringing four point five million dollars in only yep. eight hundred and ten theaters, trouncing um, Barbarian's per theater take by over eleven hundred dollars. Yes, $1, yes. Theater. Uh, I should we should note uh, I we didn't I didn't realize this before and I was talking with Kurt about it. This is a Walt Disney oh, yeah. Studios production. Yes. <laughs> This is this is a, a Disney Disneyfied uh, Bollywood joint. Uh, they they know how to make their they made they they bought out Marvel for the MCU, and now they're making the BCU. So a a uh, a YouTuber I like, uh, he's a reviewer. Um, actually made a video on RRR, calling it the best movie you've never seen. <laughs> and uh, I think it's on Netflix now too, so I'm thinking maybe at some point in the future see RRR. we have to watch and, RRR and also the Cashmere Files. Of course, that goes without saying, because no matter no matter how good one of these Bollywood movies may be, it's not the Cashmere Files. <laughs> we know that. We know that for certain, and it's certainly not Bullet Train. No, Bullet Train fallen fallen out of. Uh, out of second place into third place, displaced by the two opening movies, still bring in a respectable $3.31 million, as you can see, down 42% out of 61 theaters. So far, it has made $212 million worldwide off of a $90 million budget, so definitely a profitable endeavor for Sony Pictures. Top Gun Maverick, with quite the fall from grace from its unexpected first-place yeah. finish last week. Um <laughs> They finally weeks. they pulled they pulled the brakes on it. Sixteen <laughs> weeks into its Jesus theatrical Christ. run, <laughs> it's still in fourth, mind you. <laughs> despite its fall. despite its fall, it is not falling out of the top five for sixteen weeks. We gotta we gotta start pulling back the throttle there, Goose. Uh, still in three thousand. We're, we're gonna hit the hard deck any minute now. Yeah. Three thousand theaters, almost like everywhere. Um, and yeah. One point four five billion dollars. You know, I think I think it's gonna get to one point five billion. <laughs> they probably will. Like they're gonna see. Well, the thing is, that's gonna be tough for them. Um, is I don't know if there are any like patriotic holidays between now. I don't remember. I don't recall what patriotic holidays are between now and Thanksgiving. 
uh, there are like no holidays between now and Thanksgiving. Yeah. Except Halloween. Um, so they, there's no good occasion to be like, come back and watch uh, Top Gun again. We got the elections in two months. <laughs> I suppose that's yeah. fair. That's maybe. Hey, get out there, support your uh, your nominees, get, support your troops, support Tom vote Cruise. Vote and get uh, go vote, and then get tickets to see. Oh, dude, if they that would be a fucking. Next I feel like that's move. probably illegal in some capacity. Get, Get your ticket to vote. I don't Gun. think so. I think I think if you or like, like if you show how about this? If you show your I voted sticker, you get a free at, ticket. Like, the yeah. theater, that's probably how you do it. That's, you don't do it at the oh, polling place. Yeah. Like I, I don't I don't think conference. you'd get in trouble for giving people incentive to vote. I think if you were like if you vote for a specific candidate. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And but you would also have to do it equilaterally across all polling places. Yeah. Because well, otherwise it could be, be a theater if you do it train promotion. I think would be the safest way to do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. What if you would what if you outed people like you get a blue cup if you voted Democrat. You get a red cup, a free red cup of drink if you voted They get they Swing get a states like Florida and Ohio just with the massive booth and like <laughs> they point to each of the, the candidates that they want and they say, If you don't vote for these, I'm not gonna give you your Top Gun Maverick tickets. <laughs> and they're gonna swing. They're gonna swing the whole midterms. Um, the invitation is in fifth, uh, down forty five point three percent, despite opening in three new theaters. Um, that has made twenty five point eight million worldwide, which is probably profitable for yeah. a movie of that budget it's probably like a boo like a boo boo based budget boo well two. i think it's it's probably less than boo boo was an exceptionally high budget movie <laughs> yes for what it was uh dc league of super pets uh in six 2.65 million dollars that has made 169.9 million dollars worldwide um i don't know maybe that's made its money back i know animated movies are very expensive to make generally mm-hmm. i feel like they're gonna push this in theaters as long as they can just so that i'm looking at it and like this is warner bros only offering in the top 10 of the box office right now this is their especially only, with like, offering until black adam comes yeah, out black adam yeah so especially with the the changeover and all the the business tumult going on, um, it's probably they say this is a product that is out. Let's try and keep it there. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, they don't. You know, there's there's only so much you can do about what what movie, how well your movie does. Yeah. But I have to imagine that they're gonna try and um, keep it there for as long. You know, so they have some a steady element. In in the mix seems likely. Black uh, Adam Fab- is coming out on October twenty first, so yeah, kinda... uh, only another month. Yeah, it's pretty soon. Three more, yeah, like three more weeks. This will be out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just in time for, for Black Black Adam. Adam yeah, uh, Life Mark, a Fathom event picture opens with two point one seven eight million dollars in fifteen hundred theaters. Beast continues its uh, rather precipitous drop. Um, and it's fourth week down to one point eight million dollars, down fifty five million. It has made fifty million dollars worldwide, fifty point four five eight to be super specific. 
Minions Rise of Gru in its 11th week, still hanging on the top 10, $1.7 million. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder is down at 12th, so Minions has <laughs> outlasted it in the top 10, um, out-earned it. It it the, the little fucking yellow bastards have it's, defeated the God of Thunder. They, they made it in by a Gru hair. $900 million worldwide. Um, weird. So... This is now we all saw Mortal Engines, right? We watched that yes. one week. Okay, you remember in that movie when uh, in the London Museum there were minions in the museum <laughs> oh, yes. as and then the plaque said American deities. <laughs> so there's a there's a weird tangential connection for the minions beating Thor, the god of thunder. Pretty here. much the only thing I remember of that movie is that a fucking toaster got more character development than the protagonist <laughs> yeah yeah um, um and rounding out yeah go ahead. yeah rounding out 10th is the re-release of spider-man no way home down seven which was in spots. third which was in third place last yeah. year i forgot line last week um i don't know i've seen a couple different trailers for like releases of like old movies also but the thing was i just want to bring this up like they're releasing these really old movies in 3D now, which mm. I f- I have to imagine like someone fig- they finally figured out like a way to to economically convert uh, you know post post produce like old 60s movies like Jaws and shit into 3D. My understanding is it was never particularly difficult or expensive. It just they didn't feel like it would be a, a worthwhile endeavor because you have to market it and all that mm-hmm. um but okay. i think just with re-releases now there's an expectation well if any release now i think there's an expectation that'll be offered in these premium formats so i think that's yeah. why you're seeing 3d I, and imax it versions a, it was uh dawn of the dead it was george romero's uh dawn of the dead in 3d that's what it was um shout out to i will give I'll give a five-minute review or a even even a five-second review here. Oh, for hold, 3, on, hold on, hold years. on. <laughs> oh, we got to get you the focus screen. Okay. Yeah. Um, 3,000 years of longing currently hanging out in 16th. Um, so I watched that this uh, last week, this week, whichever. Um, it's it's a fine movie. I, I didn't, I can't say I didn't enjoy it. Um, so it's, it's a, f- a fairy tale romance which I think wasn't very, um, it, I don't think it did well because it wasn't like, I don't novel or, you know, groundbreaking, I would say. Um, but it was, I think it was pretty sincere and it was a fairly straightforward story. And as a romance, it was less cheesy than all the other rom-coms coming out. So... I will I I would give a point for that. I would recommend watching this movie, especially with your girl slash boyfriend. Okay. Significant other good time. Was was yeah. Justin Long in it? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard he's very talented. At least one person has said that. <laughs> and only one person. See those rom coms. Um I will say it is it is rated R for for uh, nudity and language. Um so Rated R. That's probably also why it didn't do well. 
Mm. It was because I mean, it just yeah, it you, wasn't you're, hitting the inherently the you you lose out on a lot of audience with an R rating. Mm-hmm. All right, well that should be the follow up there. Let's uh, switch over to gaming news now, and uh, Call of Duty Warzone 2.0 goes live November 16th. So for all of you Warzone fans out there who are just like, eh, I'm, I'm tired tired of the the 1.0 release um you won't have to wait very long too warzone 2.0 will be an extension of modern warfare 2 multiplayer built on the same engine it will officially land on november 16th bringing modern warfare 2 environments gameplay and technology to a large-scale battlefield this release day has been floating around on the internet for a few months now and activision confirmed it today during a showcase about the new connected future of Call of Duty. Modern Warfare 2 and Warzone 2.0 will mark a turning point for the Call of Duty franchise with a focus on cross-progression and shared technology among its various versions. MW2 comes out October 28th, just a few weeks before Warzone 2.0. Both games will use the same underlying technology as a fresh version of the IW engine that powered 2019's Modern Warfare. Yeah, I, wow. so I, have, I have Modern Warfare... I actually quite enjoyed that. Um, and, man, I grew up on the Modern Warfare 2 uh, lobby. So It made me a I, man. <laughs> I Put hair on my some, balls. <laughs> saw some stuff. It changed me a little bit, you know? Uh, so I got a sweet spot. I got a tender spot for this game. I might I might have to pick this up. And um, you know what? I'm, I'm glad to pick this up because I have a perception of warzone where you only get the most out of it if you actually buy the game which kind of sucks um unless you grind like fucking crazy uh for those of you that don't know like upgrading your guns is a big part of cod the same thing is true for warzone uh with loadouts and how how uh, uh easy they are to get so getting a loadout with your style of guns is only good if you have an easy way to unlock stuff with that gun, and the best way to do that is multiplayer, which is only accessible if you buy the game, which still sucks. So, personally, I would like to see a future where maybe multiplayer and Warzone are free. It doesn't sound like that future is November I 16th. I don't think it is. Uh, so... I'll take the story as well. I mean, the story uh, was fine in Modern Warfare, um, and we'll see what they do with the uh, the story for. And it's a fun little well, romp. I mean, the story is the story is actually it was a draw. Like I I was kind of out on Call of Duty when Modern Warfare Three came out, but then I part of me was like, Ugh, I I gotta finish the story. <laughs> I gotta gotta finish <laughs> this arc here. I gotta see what happens. I've invested a lot of time and you know. Not a small amount of money into it, so might as well see it through. Get your value. And uh, sunk cost fall- fallacy and all that. And in uh, today's What the Fuck winner story, um, Little, Os- Little Nas X is now president of League of Legends ahead of the 2022 <laughs> League World Championship. Little Nas-, Next. Little Nas X is collabing with Riot Games on its anthem and a prestige skin. Um so this this story, as you can see here, uh, from Kotaku, written by Isaiah Colbert, um, is from today at one forty, and uh, today is mm-hmm. September fifteenth. I mean, uh, it's uh, September. Uh, 
what's Saturday? September 17th. Yeah, we don't record this ahead of time. No, this is live. No, it's li- it's, I mean, we're recording it live now. Yeah. We're live. What is that? Oh. Um, don't you see that live? Yeah, it's not though? April Fool's is my my point here. <laughs> this is this is real. Mm-hmm. This is a real thing. It's really happening. Um, so a uh, little he's a man of little Nas X uh, and League of Legends, two stars that have kind of passed their expiration date, <laughs> are coming together <laughs> to join forces. However, Lil Nas X is quite the memester on Twitter. Um, but I did come across a a handful of um, not suitable for work uh, yeah. <laughs> for his scrolling on Twitter, and uh, it was funny. But I did have to cover up my phone real quick. So yeah, to keep your privacy, Jake. Oh no. Bye. Um, I will say this is part of, I guess, <clears throat> what I've been seeing as a trend of of. Um, rappers rap personalities um collabing joining in on otherwise nerdy stuff this this joins um uh post malone and his magic uh his magic collabs i would and also action bronson who is now an aew competitor yes he will be wrestling next wednesday on dynamite Um, as well as bad bunny who is a wwe competitor I feel like this is less of a case of rappers collabing with nerdy things. Well, I mean, yes, that's happening factually, but I think this is more a byproduct of nerdier people becoming rappers. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it could be. Um, and, and this also isn't the first time that League of Legends has done like musical collaborations. They do this mm-hmm. quite a bit um, with like decently well-known. Um, Artists, a lot of K-pop uh, bands do stuff with them. But they definitely have a lot notably, of weight to throw around. Notably, Imagine Dragons has made multiple songs for them, uh, and they've played at their uh, world championships uh, a couple times. So, like, there are famous songs out the there. The League that World Imagine Championship is a big event. It's like huge. For a lot of bands, that would be the biggest house they've ever played in front I, of. I would not be surprised. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. Um and they are totally willing to make that trip out to usually because usually it's in you know Korea or China. And I'm, I'm sure the money for that gig is not bad either. No. I'm sure. I mean, they, I'm pretty sure they probably sold out. Like, um, well, they, they had a Staples Center, I think, one year. Yeah, and that's they just, like, that's uh fucking filled that stadium. Well, Staples Center, I think, is a two thousand seat building or twenty thousand seat building, um, which is. Which is big, but not like a football stadium or something like no. that. Uh, the last one I saw for that was in Korea, I think. That was huge. The Imagine Dragons played at that was that was fucking massive. Yeah, isn't it usually in Seoul? Uh, yeah, somewhere around there. Um, I think they try to hop around a little bit because I, I know when I was in college, they definitely came to LA for their championships. Uh, I don't know how they base it. Off of um, probably money. I don't know, but uh, I know usually the winners are usually Koreans. So yeah, I, yeah, they're. Pretty I think they dominant. definitely they definitely favor them because they know they're gonna get a big turnout. Um, it's it's. I think it's just generally a lot bigger in Korea. Like the player counts are higher in Korea mm-hmm. than they are in the U.S. At least these days. Uh, Discord. I, I, oh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, um, I mean, there's plenty of plenty of um, theories or you know, kind of arguments for why South Korea might be better. 
um, or, you know, consistently well-performing these events. One of them I was, I popped into my head was like, Korea is just like a more dense country than America. They also so have do, much better If you want to build a team, yeah, really good internet and a lot of, a lot of really, um, people are just closer together. So if you, when you're doing events, when you're building teams, when you're, it's more engaged all, with the culture know. as well, I feel. I feel like there's a bigger, like, internet cafes and stuff like that are, are a larger part of the culture in South Korea than they are in the U.S. Yeah. So, yeah, there are a lot of factors. And this is this is true of a lot of Asian countries, which is why you typically see, you know, in any competitive uh, gaming forum, you see a large uh, top competitor presence in Asia. Like, this is true for fighting games, too. Like, America has not won a Street Fighter Evo since, like, 2004. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that might not be true. I didn't watch a lot of Street Fighter V's legacy. Punk might have won a uh, Street Fighter V uh, Evo. Mm -hmm. But, uh, anywho, Discord... It's not a majority by any no, any count. Absolutely not. Discord, uh, after displacing old-school internet forums, is now bringing them back. Today, the company has announced the forum channel channels, which are exactly what, what you'd think from the name. They are old school message board forums through discord's uh app interface so um i don't i don't know if i well yeah so it's a channel so you can add it to your server i don't know how popular this feature is going to be um but it it will be a a good way for uh organizations to make announcements and and things of that nature so i think there's a good chance it'll show up um the Xbox app on PC and now will lo launches faster and has integrated how long to beat uh, metadata. So when you're looking for a game to play on Game Pass, it will show you how long to beat it's information about, you know, uh, speed run, casual playthrough, mixed playthrough, uh, how long you can expect to invest in the game, which whenever I we're coming back to streaming. Uh, this is set to take place later this month or early next month, um, depending upon how. Most, I'd say we're about 90% ready to relaunch. We've completely uh, upped our production value. We've got a lot of new and exciting things that we're, we're happy about um, for streaming. One of the reasons we took a break is because I wasn't, we weren't getting a lot of viewers, and I wasn't really satisfied with the quality of our stream. And yeah. I am creatively very much a perfectionist these two jokers can attest to that and um <laughs> if i'm not happy with the the quality of something and we're not seeing a lot of success from it my motivation to continue doing it will decrease very quickly but um, drastic goes down this yeah drastic goes down but this break has given us an opportunity to kind of look at other people's stuff and content and integrate some of those ideas. But as getting back to my main point, whenever I'm looking at a game that we are potentially going to do on stream, one of the first things I check is the how long to beat uh, web page for it. So I can assess whether or not this is something that would be a good idea. Now, 
we've thrown, we've bracingly disregarded that on several occasions. <coughs> Divinity 2. Um, <laughs> but um, the fact that this is now going to be available on uh, in-app for Game Pass games is going to be a big boon to us and I'm sure other people. Everyone likes to know how long they're 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 in for a game. And I don't have an article here, but the big one of the big stories this week has been uh more bad news for Halo Infinite. <laughs> uh oh. Um, I haven't touched the game in a while. Yeah, and you're not alone in that. Um three four three industries has not had the best track record for releasing quality and complete games. And they released Halo Infinite very uh, bereft of content with the promise that in, you know, six months, a year's time, it would be a more full game. Well, they've delayed the roadmap and released a new roadmap. uh, And the features they're adding are not coming quickly and they're not numerous in nature and it's really Halo Infinite's kind of circling the drain as a game here and I fear that Halo will be going with it Um, it's been a rough go for Halo since Bungie fucked off to make Destiny and honestly Destiny's been doing really good it's almost if yeah. it's almost as if Bungie knows how to manage an IP properly. For for yeah. as much as we like we meme on Destiny, just like everybody posting stuff about it, I've I've heard a lot of good stuff and a it's point, I constantly po- see content about it. Point of order. I've never memed on Destiny. I don't have a problem with Destiny or Destiny 2. I've memed on Game Rant's obsession with Destiny. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think yeah, we should we should be clear about that. Um, no, yeah, like, the fact that (laughs) this is just, it's how Bungie does its thing. Like, they'll make a game, and then they'll finish and move on to the next property, and just sort of, like, as an idiosyncrasy of Bungie, they will drag along, like, the deep portions of their lore, and sort of, like, copy-paste them into the new stuff. So, like, Halo Um, was supposed to end with Halo 3. Like, there's a reason they called, they said, finish the fight. And the right. the advertisements. Microsoft made the the questionable decision to build the Xbox brand around Halo, and as a result, demanded more Halo games. And Bungie eventually acquiesced, and we got Halo Reach, which was a fine game. You know, mm-hmm. it it was a prequel. It worked within Bungie's established storylines. It didn't. It was something different that we hadn't seen before. It didn't fuck yeah. with too much, and it was it was a novel enough setting and gameplay that everyone enjoyed it, it, it for the most part. It changed up the multiplayer a little bit enough yeah. too, to where it kept people happy. And then Bungie was like, "We're done," and Microsoft's like, "I don't think you are." And Bungie's like, "No, we're actually done." And they yeah. they broke away from Microsoft as a first party studio, made Destiny, and they're now partners with Sony, ironically. Yeah. And and an mm-hmm. offshoot of of Bungie was formed to make three four three, and I think they just tried to copy Call of Duty, yeah, for for uh, a good majority of the games. They were and they added too much funky shit. They focused way too much on multiplayer, and I don't I don't know what it was. It was like they 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 I feel they like they just always lacked focus. 
you know? Yeah. Like, they've and, never been able mm. to... I think their leadership just lacks the planning ability of Bungie's senior leadership. Like, they've never been able to develop on launch a fully realized game, I feel like. Like, Halo 4 had a had a fine campaign, but kind of substandard multiplayer. Halo 5 was the opposite. The campaign was trash, but the multiplayer was pretty good. And Halo Infinite has just been a underbaked nightmare that was in development for five years, came out with like a quarter of a game, and the only like notable gameplay feature I can think of that they added was the grappling hook, which yeah. is a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, Infinite's <laughs> mm-hmm. I think Infinite's best characteristics that they did was the story, and that and good good on them story. Like you did the open world thing, you did a very cool story mode, and <laughs> your cool, multiplayer nice. did. Um, kind of take that and build off of it and made a multiplayer that was relatively fun, but it was a fucking shell of what Halo 3 had to offer in terms mm-hmm. of game modes, in terms of like just playing the same goddamn map over and over yeah, again. It's been like two a, maps, new maps since release. System, uh, a, a extremely subpar uh, free uh, ranking system to where yeah, they promoted this game fully on, hey, you don't need to buy the Battle Pass to be able to customize your, your armor. And then they fucking <laughs> So long as you have 200,000 hour, 200, hours a week to yeah, grind. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to like have a full-time job grinding Halo. And at that point, the people who are doing that are, are going to be like, you know what, I might as well just buy the Battle Pass and get some extra shit out yeah. of this. Because I'm like... Why wouldn't you? And that's how I thought. I was like, I'm playing this like every single night for like a couple hours, a few hours, and then mm-hmm. the weekend I'm grinding the shit out of this. I might as well buy the battle pass. I bought it. It was fine. <laughs> it's like it, <laughs> it also was not even that great too. I might add. And they had to like add yeah. a lot to it after launch. This and is this is the quintessential, the classic Skinner box maneuver, yeah. right? Where they'll they'll lure you in with the perks and they'll advertise it and you finally you you want to see the world's like the world's smallest emu, but it's right over that fence. You got to pay the carny to go see it, <laughs> you know. And it turns out it was just a chicken the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I I uh, I'm a Game Pass subscriber, so that's how I played I played Halo Infinite for Game Pass, and I'm glad that I did because if I paid full price for halo infinite i'd have been a very angry man (laughs) i i'm still hoping that their dlc for the story is going to be free later on and they're going to have a big content dump for multiplayer i'm hoping that's what's going to happen that you can look at the roadmap jake it's out there Uh, for you i didn't even look at what the roadmap (laughs) came out with it's not very impressive I'll, I'll say that. Know. Is it just multiplayer or is it... Um... It's just... Well, the big single-player development is they announced that they are canceling split-screen, local split-screen for multiplayer after the Halo 5 debacle of saying that they will always have it in after how poorly received the removal of split-screen was there. But the thing is, the code for it exists in the game already. People have hacked their way to local split-screen. <laughs> Like, Microsoft has more money than fucking God. They've bought out uh, Zenmax, 
and Activision Blizzard in the same calendar year. And you're telling me that they couldn't give 343 the money to develop split-screen multiplayer? They had to shift resources away to fucking make anything for their multiplayer? Halo is in, in a bad way. And it's really sad to see one of the titans of gaming fall so spectacularly. But, you know, it happens. And, you know, I had my reservations when 343 became a thing. And we're given stewardship mm-hmm. over Halo. And every concern I had about that maneuver has come to pass. And, you know, there are times where I really hate being right. And this is one of those times. Yeah. So uh, the to be more specific on like the dates, November 8th to March 7th, their winter update, which is a huge fucking time gap. Uh, Forge Beta. Beta. Which is like... <laughs> something that is, should have been in the game at release, yeah. <laughs> which is something that came out with Halo 3 on release. And honestly was something that made Halo 3 special and put it on the map, I think, in terms of like the amount of... of like That's very game. fair. Yep. Like Forge like, was a huge... Forge was basically YouTube for Halo. In and that theater it, mode too. Theater mode came out with that yeah, as well, and right? It gave it gave the players an ability to make a game of a game and make their own content. Which for like, if you actually boil it down, it's like, hey, we just gave you the pieces. Now you go do the hard work and assemble it. Which is like right. funny, but like people like Legos. Well, like, I mean, people like model kits. This is kind of what it people was. Like yeah, dev, Mario, dev tools, Mario Maker, yeah, Mario yeah. Maker, Dev Tools, Minecraft, like mod mod kits for every fucking Bethesda game. Like this is this is something that's been well established. Players want the tool set to be able to make their own shit, and fucking Bungie gave them that, and it's a really refined tool set. You could do a lot with it. It was easy to learn. And there was a lot of depth to master. There were people who basically had second jobs designing maps on Forge. And, you know, there was a fucking underground market for that shit. And it, it was just... It's it's really sad that a game that came out in 2007 that had half the dev time that Infinite did was so much more fully featured. And it just makes me think that maybe the team that's designing Forge is not that big, which is really bothering, because if it's not that big and it's not that much of a of a you know if they don't think it's that much of a priority, and their priority is fucking putting out bigger battle passes and more skins that'll get them more money instead of actually making the game good and playable and for, to have people come back and play the game, like that's what you get. You get people back into playing the game, and then you add on these skins, these multiplayer things, these DLCs, because now we're hooked into the game. This is our lifestyle. Our lifestyle is to play Forge, play these custom maps, unlock some shit, play some multiplayer, and experience the entirety of the game. But if there's not one single piece of this game that actually draws me into it, and no, your campaign is already done. That drew me in the first time. And your multiplayer is 
fucking monotonous. So it's not going to bring me back into it. And no, the M392 Bandit new weapon is not going to bring me back into it. <laughs> Your arena and big team battle new maps not going to bring me back into it. It was shit to begin with. Yeah, like... You know what would make your multiplayer less monotonous? If you added more than two fucking maps since release. Yeah, it's like they heard, like, they just heard back in, like, 2000, what, 2001, 2002. They saw original Halo, and people were like, oh, man, I could just play Blood Gulch all the time. <laughs> if it was just the one map they offered, I would play it all the time. And they and took that they literally. shut their brain off for <laughs> two decades. <laughs> it's... God, it was just... They're like, oh, we still want it's, it. It's, now, and, if your map was as good as Blood Gulch, maybe if it was like that, a nice, really highly technical map that has a lot going on that you can really uh, dig your teeth into, sure, maybe. But even then, maybe not like, I can only, I mean, I, I personally can only play the same map so many times. Like, even with Risk of Rain 2, like, before they added the DLC, I kind of was getting mm -hmm. a little tired yeah. of some of the first stage maps but the the new map they added in you know i feel like it's a nice balance where you get you know i think right a nice rotation of of maps there um, i would like a newer stage three map because i think there's still only the two the uh rally point delta and uh we should we should shakers. um look at some mods yeah we could look at some mods to see if they added any new maps um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's gaming news and, uh, let's get into our feature and we wanted to be topical. We, we gave the deaf shout out last week to Queen Elizabeth, mm -hmm. rest in peace. But what many of you may not know is that we almost would have had a much shorter reign for Queen Elizabeth. Uh, there was a plot back in 1980 to assassinate the Queen of England's. And if it weren't for the intrepid uh, police work of Lieutenant Frank Drebin and the rest of the police squad, LA's finest, uh, we wouldn't have never have been born to know Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. So uh, we, the, the, the adventures of this, of this group is chronicled in the, uh, the movie, the naked gun, uh, which is what we watched this week. We wanted something topical, and I had a brainwave, a touchstone triggered in my in my head, and uh, I, I shat mm -hmm. out the naked gun. I hadn't known this. I hadn't known this existed. Uh, it's a real eye opener, um, piece of history that I, you know, it's a shame that uh, our textbooks are being whitewashed. Uh, I think <laughs> mainly because they don't want us to know the truth about O.J. Simpson and how great of a man he is in his uh his pivotal uh detective skills in uncovering the genesis of this plot on the queen's he really life. did a lot of the like work he did he did he did he did no. which is weird because he's in a wheelchair for a lot of this movie he is well he is. everyone knows that oj has great legs i mean he was a 2000 year rusher for the buffalo bills mm -hmm. go bills <laughs> uh, you uh know, in all seriousness jake did you see that have you seen this movie before I had, not, this, right? I had not. I had not. seen this. Oh, so this yeah. was a movie that. I uh, yeah, okay. I love the airplane. So this is a movie that uh, I discovered in my when I used to haunt Hollywood Video. Um, we had the MVP plan, which I've spoken about before. Let's let you get three movies, and you know there was there was a movie for my mom, there was a movie for me, 
and you know i think only one of my sisters was living at us at with us at a time so they would have the the third movie and this was one of the movies i saw there and it looked interesting and i watched it i was too young to get all the jokes but i fucking loved uh the the stuff that i found and this is like airplane a laugh a minute riot and um it's 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 a wonderful movie that uh, I watched this morning, and uh, my girlfriend had never seen it before. And I'm like, oh, you're going to fucking love it. And she was howling laughing because um, it's it's a it's a wonderfully funny spoof movie, which is a genre that has just died. Like, yeah. they, they don't make this kind of movie anymore. And I, it seems harsh to blame the Wayans brothers for the death of the spoof movie. But it doesn't seem unfair to blame the Wayans brothers for the death of the spoof movie. I could say they took it down a down a path which made it hard to come back from, uh, especially combined with the trend of how what what even a comedy looks like nowadays. Um, yeah, it's, it's very hard to find this this I would call it this form factor for a comedy. Um, it's yeah it. It's a very, it relies on a lot of, it's it's an interesting mix of like really raunchy shit, uh, but also really innocent gags. A lot of sight gags, um, uh, too. Like you have to watch the movie closely to get all the, all the little sight gags. That mm-hmm. and background, background stuff that happens every now and then, too. Yeah. Right. You know, there's um, I will say, um, while we're talking generally about this movie, uh, watching this and you know, keeping an eye on the film so I could see all those gags, I realized how very strong the cinema, the cinematic fundamentals are. Like, they really, they broke it down to basics, so it was absolutely clear the conveyance of these jokes. Like, it was very clearly, like, they have foreground and background, and they use, they portioned out the frame very, very, sta- like, um... Uh, measured in a very measured way, um, really strong use of stuff like rule of thirds and and uh, sight lines to divide the the frame. You know, it even if it's just that Frank and his partner in, are in one half of the screen so that they can have the funny the funny man doing a thing in the back. Right. Um, so um, I want to give a brief shout out before we get too much into this movie. So the actress who plays the queen in this movie. It's a woman named Jeanette Charles, and uh, she's made an entire career of playing Queen Elizabeth. So when I clicked really? on her name, it, it popped up two movies in my Plex server. It popped up Naked Gun, and it popped up uh, Goldmember, which also has the queen in it, and she plays the queen. So let me read to you her IMDb for a little bit here. Uh, <laughs> Loritz Telecabinet, TV movie, 1974, Queen Elizabeth II. Rutland Weekend Television, 1975. Queen Elizabeth II. Born Iraq, 1976, The Queen. Um, Queen Kong, The Queen. <laughs> Saturday Night Live, Queen Elizabeth. The Rules, All You Need Is Cash, A Queen of England. Uh, Q6, a TV series, Queen Elizabeth II. Uh, not the 9 o'clock news, 1980, Queen Elizabeth II. The Queen Special, Queen Elizabeth. Um... Let's see. National Lampoon's European Vacation, Queen Elizabeth. Um, first among 
equals HM the Queen. Tickets for the Titanic, the Queen. Ratman, the Queen. If it's Tuesday, it still must be Belgium, Queen of England. Dolly, Queen Elizabeth. Nipagish Basuvi, Queen Elizabeth II. Nipagesh Bakov, Queen of England. The Sudi Show, Queen Elizabeth II. The Naked Gun, Queen Elizabeth II. Uh, Carrot Confidential, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Day by Day, Queen Elizabeth. Never the Twain, HM the Queen. Uh, Tatort, Queen. Um, Shining Time Station, Queen for a Day, the Queen. World of Pub, Queen Elizabeth. Austin Powers and Goldmember, the Queen. The Slammer, the Queen. Big Brother's Little Brother, the Queen. And Right of the Future, queen (laughs) (laughs) i i wonder if she had to be like approved by the like you gotta think she was like her fucking body double or some shit right (laughs) yeah no i remind there was a story i remember where like as part of like the the production crew for any event that the queen had to attend or any parade or anything there was a like a stand-in who would like (laughs) he would sit where the queen sits and do queen stuff as they went through the parade so they can make sure all the camera angles and sight lines and all that shit worked out and like there was you know they could um, hammer out all the production issues and that was her whole job was like i am the stand-in queen for the for the sound check yeah um so funny i'm, I'm looking i'm looking up all the pic- i want to see like pictures of her and there's one about 29 um, of her 37 credits are as queen elizabeth for the queen there's one of her standing next to Michael McDon- McDonald in Austin Powers Gold member, and she had gray hair and everything in gold. Uh, in 2002, her last um, noted role is Write the Future yeah. in 2010 as the queen. So, you know, that's that's 40, that's uh, 36 years. It's a long of, reign. Of playing <laughs> <a> movie queen. <laughs> like... But that's that's she's been playing the queen longer than King Charles will be king. That's probably I'm, true. I don't you think know, he's gonna be king for thirty six years. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not, um, not here. Um, I I, I do want to mention like, um, we mentioned she was in gold uh, gold member. Yes, right in Austin Powers and. I don't I don't know how much did they share in common like were there any like writers or anyone who who took from it cuz I see a lot of similarities and we'll talk about a couple of the jokes in there well, I mean, which reminded this, me very much of Austin this Powers. This is foundational comedy. I'm sure Mike Myers mm-hmm. was inspired by The Naked Gun um you know just in his oh. comedy career as as was I as was a lot of people like this Leslie Nielsen was the fucking spoof king. Like Airplane, mm-hmm. The Naked Gun. He did a, a few other movies, like the Police God Television Show. Like he he was untouchable in in these kinds of roles. And you know the the silly, goofy, like really good too. Like sight gags. He was yep. also in Hot Shots. Mm-hmm. Hot Shots. That's the one. Yep. Um, and the Zuckers too. Like the they weren't the only guys on this, um, but they have a very clear. Um, they have a very clear cinematic thumbprint because I watched uh, Top Secret before this too, and I, you know, 
having seen these so close together, I'm like, oh, I I, re- I saw all like the I could see. I'm like, that's absolutely a Zucker joke. That is a joke they they absolutely put in themselves. Um, uh, this movie also features so- Priscilla Presley. Mm-hmm. It's true. I I don't know where she's from. What well, else she's, she's in? Uh, she, she was in a lot of the Naked Gun movies. Uh, she was okay. in all three of them. And is she related to Elvis? I believe they were married. Hmm. Um, but, she was a lot um, younger than him. It was kind of controversial at the time. Ooh, controversy. Yeah. I think this, the thing back to this movie, um, I feel like it's all, it's, it's the, uh, <laughs> now this is going to sound really fucking pretentious. Um, it's almost Shakespearean. In that it's a little cliche because, like you said, it was foundational. So it's not going to be surprising jokes, I, I guess, um, because you've seen them in other comedies that were, like we said, inspired by this one. Um, in some instances, yes. But in other ins- like it's hard for me to remove myself because I've seen this movie several dozen times. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I know all the jokes. Like, I knew going in like where they were and I still laugh at them which I think is a testament to their quality but uh with you know I watched it with a first time viewer and the way Kaylee was freaking howling at some of these jokes you know kind of would suggest that maybe she didn't see a lot of them coming or they were kind of unexpected in some ways for her um Mm -hmm. but you know it's a lot of the if you've seen Airplane it's a lot of the same kind of humor, the goofy sight gags, the like, you know, literal, the, the switcheroo jokes. Yeah, the switcheroo, the like taking things very literally, you know, like, like what a great example of that is when they're looking at the fibers from Norberg's jacket, and mm-hmm. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen's like, I don't see anything, and it's like, uh, use your open eye, Frank. Oh, right, okay, okay, there we go. <laughs> Just, just simple, ex- simple but great execution. Um, so it, uh, it's so interesting looking through some of the trivia on here because it also kind of like goes into like the genesis of some of these uh, jokes. Um, so when he's uh, impersonating the umpire uh, and the well, batter, we should say we can. I I want to lead off with this. I'll just say obviously recommend this movie. Oh, oh a yeah. thousand percent. Like, yeah, if you've yeah. never seen it... I feel like it, with most old movies, unless they're, like, really crappy, six, like, the 60s, Ita- like, the three fantastic Supermen. Yeah. <laughs> if we're pulling up an old movie, that means we wanted to watch it. We would yeah, recommend yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, this, well, this trivia, I, Jake. I don't think this was a spoiler or anything, but uh, when he's impersonating the umpire, uh, the batter swings back and hits Frank in the face. It was a joke suggested by Mel Brooks. So that's the other reason why, like, there's a lot of quality comedy in here is that you oh, had was Mel Brooks like in in uh, maybe he might have been a or was he just like I think he's or, a friend you know. of the Zuckers and you know he just kind of like maybe did some uncredited punch-ups but there there like there's so many great jokes like the jokes even start with the movie poster like if you if you look at the poster uh Reggie Jackson has a cameo in this movie um and uh mm-hmm. when you they they have you know the villain the queen undercover guy sexy blonde the partner the mayor the right fielder, and it says he got paid $50,000 for four days of filming. So, like, the jokes start 
on the poster and they they keep going from there like the movie we'll, we'll get in the spoilers the movie opens in beirut um yeah and it's it's a meeting of the evil leaders of the world and uh you know frank drevin infiltrates them and he, he beats them all up after they insult america <laughs> and when he gets back to the u.s so like that the scene is is there and there's some funny gags like he wipes the birthmark off of gorbachev's head he's like i knew it <laughs> yeah he does a lot of like fourth wall breaking in that scene um, and he, but when yeah, he gets no, back like... to america <laughs> like not the the scene like the gag when he is like you know they're not welcoming as a hero they're they're there for real that Al, but when he's going, when they're in the car driving back to the police station, he's like, that's why I went on vacation in Beirut. <laughs> like, that was his vacation. He wasn't there on business. <laughs> and it's all just layered together so that, like, no one joke. It's like a monkey, you know, a barrel of monkeys kind of ladder where every joke is, like, not, it's not start and end between them. So you're always getting caught off guard by a joke that wasn't the one that was set up. Yeah. The most recent setup. It was one there's, they set up earlier. There's like a f- the baggage carts. Yeah, there's a flow to it that you're you're always you're not overwhelmed by joke after joke after joke after joke to make you like laughing. It's it's just it it's it's telling a story that is funny in this universe where antics take place and it's like it's comical, and they're they're doing mm-hmm. you know different bits here and there, but they're spaced out and they're done really well. And I think it also is just seventy five percent of it has to be the delivery that Leslie Nielsen gives. Mm-hmm. Like I think you could stick another comedian in this role. I don't think they would do as good. They might do an okay job, but damn, there's something about Leslie Nielsen just like he's a legend for a reason. Giving these answers that are. The, delivering these lines that are just amazing. I mean, even it's this, a, this it is an airplane. Man. Yeah, this is an airplane. But like, thank you back to him and that role. It's like we need to get to a hospital. What's that? It's a building with sick people in it. But that's not important right now. That's <laughs> not important right now. Um, it's it it really is a fine art that I feel is one of the things that has been lost to, um, well, I would I wouldn't say it's been lost to the internet age of comedy, um, because obviously it's going to be out there, you know? Um, but I feel like comedies have trended towards, there is no straight man. I feel like they, they lack cause it's, it's difficult to be the straight man and it's not, there's not a lot of glory in it, you know, like mm-hmm. people who are, are, uh, you know, wise to like the structure of comedy and like how joke composition works appreciate a good straight man and recognize that like the reason the zany character is funny is because they have the straight man to play off of. But I feel like Mm -hmm. a lot of modern comedy writers just look at the, Oh, well, you know, the the zany character makes you laugh. The straight man's not important. We don't need it. And as a, as a result, you have a bunch of like crazy characters and there's nothing to ground the audience in it. So the even though the zany antics should be funny, a lot of times it doesn't have the same impact that it would if there were a good straight man to play off of. We're gonna beat a we're gonna beat a dead horse here, a ghostly horse. But I just immediately when I think of that, like you know how, like no one, everyone talks about in Ghostbusters. In Ghostbusters, everyone talks about how funny um, 
who's who's Venkman? Bill Murray. Uh, Bill Murray. <laughs> Everyone talks about how funny Bill Murray is, but no one, like people don't. I, not as many people, I feel like prop up uh, Harold Ramis, who's fucking hilarious being, in that movie. Who's yes. Um, meanwhile, in in again in 2016 Ghostbusters, where everyone and they're they just were doing, all zany, they're all doing their there own was improv. no yeah. straight man, there was no grounded straight man, and that's why a lot of the comedy in that movie didn't work. That's a great point, Peter. That is a great example of exactly what I was just talking about. Modern comedy writers don't appreciate the value of the straight man. They don't understand comedy well enough to know that you need the straight man for the zany character to work. Bounce it off, and it's it. This also works on like multiple levels in Naked Gun, in that, um, of course, Leslie Nielsen is he's the straight man. He acts, he plays it all straight, but he does but, zany shit, right? And they contrast all of this. Um, it, it 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 surprised me um, that they made this decision, but I mean, from what we're talking about, it makes sense. Only the jokes only happen when the police squad are in the scene. Because you remember that scene when it's um, Ricardo's, Ricardo Montalban's character. Yeah. And um, who's the, who's the lady? Uh, uh, Priscilla Presley. Presley. And Priscilla, yes. the girl? Priscilla Presley. Um, and they have that scene where he's like, yes, he he's trying to, he's like, you need to like keep tabs on him, uh, on uh, Frank. And like, you need to seduce him. And there's no jokes in that scene. There are no jokes at all in that scene. That is just straight plot. Yeah, there there are a couple exceptions or like bending of that rule, like when uh, you know the criminal conspirator goes into uh, Ludwig's office and he shows off the assassin, like the sleeper assassin technology, and the yes. the maid when she snaps out of it is like, oh, there's a gun on the floor. Like that's kind of a joke, but it's not like the same type of joke. That yeah. uh, that's in like the police squad scenes, like you know, yeah. there's that. It's not like there's that level of like, oh, that's kind of a funny quip, like a, a big juxtaposition from like, oh, uh, she was just trying to murder him a second ago. It's like, oh, there's this gun on the floor. Yeah. Should I take care of that? Versus when Frank rolls up to whatever thing and the the airbag goes off and, goes and his off. car starts fucking driving down the way and he shoots it and it blows up and fucking but, people are did anyone get the license screwed. on that car you know, they had consist- consistency though because did they ever show him with his car again uh yes in the oh, next I scene know. i think oh they did he's okay. driving it again oh, was it? but it's funny either way yes like it's you're like how do you get the car back like the it's it's it works on on either level or maybe it was a different car but like yeah he's driving a car uh later on but like because then later we have him in the um the the student driver uh well yeah well that's that was a different chase which that scene was great like i was like okay well you gotta watch this because the scene's fantastic i still quote that all the time where i'm like extend your arm extend your middle finger (laughs) Very that's good. A, that's Very a classic. Good. Now, normally you um, would not it, be going 65 down the wrong way of a one-way street. <laughs> go get him, Stephanie. Okay. Um, that I feel like that scene is almost a little departure from a lot of the other Zucker's work and from other scenes in this movie. And that is, it is an extended sequence playing on one joke when I feel like a lot of the other comedy scenes are... 
uh, rapid fire jokes on a lot of different uh, little things that aren't necessarily one joke that goes on for but a while. But you kind of it, it works to have that variety in your movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of variety in this. It wasn't it wasn't the same like it wasn't the same thing over and over again. Like you said with Leslie Nielsen, like split portraying like the straight man and also doing the wacky hijinks, like with the like the the fish and the the the. You know, fish yeah, the biting the him fish. and, and yeah. stinging him in the water and, and him doing all the hijinks with the water there. That was him in more of a goofy role. Um, and you kind of had Vincent Ludwig be the straight man in that and be the, oh, I'm not going to mention anything or see what you're you're doing behind my back. Right. And it was it was uh, really well done. And I think yeah. it was, like, efficiently done as well to where nothing was overdone. Nothing was was too much and devalued the comedy in other scenes whereas this was tasteful and yeah. it told the story too it's, it a, it's a fine line that a spoof movie like date movie or disaster movie has no concept of mm-hmm. yeah the um on the on the plot kind of side that is a strength of of when you have a good spoof movie what you do is you take a well-known and well-established plot and you put the jokes into it. Like, that's this was a bog-standard noir thriller with a, with a weird tech twist yeah. um, in the mind control. You know, Austin Powers originally was like... It's, it's a standard a, James Bond kind of plot with... With a time travel or a time uh, fish-out-of-water twist, yeah. you know? Um, so that you don't, you don't, you shouldn't be having to think about what's going on. And I, I'm not, I, I wouldn't say that modern comedies have problems with that. Um, like even in like Stuber, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't too bad. It wasn't great. It wasn't too bad. Um, but this one, it, it kept it again. Yeah. Kept it really straight and simple and you it lets those with who who are a little more genre savvy or who who watch a lot in that genre yeah. um they they that also works as a subversion of tropes are like oh it's the seduction scene where she has she's in in his, in his apartment yeah. and trying to <laughs> the fucking um, sex scene with the full body condoms fucking so the, <laughs> makes me the laugh other thing that got me about that is i didn't realize it but he like He's like, it was nearly like midnight until I got home. And like he got home, he's, it's midnight. He's like, but my night just began. It's midnight, but she's making you a roast. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to eat the roast. And you're going to have dinner at like, what, 1 a.m.? It's it's the little things. Yeah. And then you're going to fuck right that. And that. And that's one of the things I bet you they didn't even like necessarily intend that to be a joke. That's just one of those things where if you just you put all the pieces in and that'll just it's just an emergent emergent comedic properties. Um, I want to talk about this before we went to spoilers. And now that we're in spoilers, I can talk about it. Um, This the piss scene in this shares a lot with the piss scene in Austin Powers. It is a is a classic joke. Who stole um, from who? Well, obviously, this movie oh, came out Powell. in 1988, and Austin Powers know. came out in 1997, so... I don't know. 
I don't. I, I think they're different enough like where ours. I wouldn't call it yeah. stolen. Because like the the gag here is is you know the the kind of embarrassment like that like you know this is just like a mm-hmm. theoretical thing where like you know what if you went into the bathroom with a hot mic and like this has been like this is a joke that shows up in Thirty Rock years later. It's it's a joke that shows up in in actual streaming. I know fucking pay money Wubby. He'll always he'll go and take a fucking he'll rock a piss with his hot mic. Yeah, like yeah. it's. Yeah. It it's a it's a it's a well established uh, trope, but like it's it's great in this scene because you know here's this big press conference. The the mayor is like talking about all the the preparations they're making for the queen's visit, and first off, his mic doesn't work, so he needs to get a new mic, and he he gives his you know very straightforward like we're gonna do our best work to ensure that the queen's visit is safe and, and memorable mm-hmm. for her. And he goes to the bathroom and he's still got the hot mic on and he's, you know. Well, it's even great too because he, he also throws, know, yeah. he throws a little aside in there as well. He's like, even though it's kind of weird to us in America. Yeah, even though know, we might queen, not, you know? un, it might be silly to us yeah. to have a queen. <laughs> and that's, again, that's those like layered jokes that are getting chained together. And they even set up the, at the beginning of the scene, they set it up where um, he drinks like a whole fucking, he drinks an entire bottle or a glass of water yeah. um, as, as the judge is giving the setup to the scene. Like, and that's a little, that's a little mini joke in and of itself yeah, where he's like drinking an entire pitcher's worth of water. <laughs> I, I totally, that, I totally missed that part. I thought you were leading to like, oh, he maybe shorted his, his mic out himself or something. That, like that. also could be it. Yeah, but, but that's, that's um, good. That was that was the joke. There is that like yeah. she's doing it in the foreground, and he's just like chugging this entire glass of water in one pull. Yeah. So um, so to go back on on like the, the like what happens during the movie. So he's he's basically at first um, set to like lead her security uh, while she's touring L.A. Um, uh, the queen that is, uh, and there was like an event that night that sh- that he's gonna be a part of, uh, and they're all set for that until, um, he makes some some blunders and uh, uh is trying to also figure out uh, clear his partner's name, well maybe not even his partner but his uh, coworker. Yeah, they're they're I mean uh, partners in that they're both on police squad. Yeah. So Nordberg. Uh, is that his name? Yes. Uh, yeah, Nordberg, uh, who's played by O.J. Simpson, is uh, shot up a bunch of times and has this very comical, uh, <laughs> yeah. close to assassination scene in the beginning. Um, is on like life support and he's trying to like pass along the what he knows Dude. about the criminals that he encountered. A- another foundational piece of comedy is the beating up the man in the hospital bed. Classic. We love comedy. That. Which happens a couple that. times, and like that, the running joke with his character is constantly getting beat up. Like at the end, where he's he's in the wheelchair, it's like I'm gonna be back to work before you know it. <laughs> he just like wheels down, he fucking gets flung <laughs> onto the field, gets yeah, dumped over the railing, yeah. Um, so he's he's still in it. Um, he's he's trying to give his stuff out. His uh, his, his role in the sequel, and... which um. While the sequels aren't quite as good, I still think they're they're funny enough to warrant watching. Uh, his role in the the sequel, O.J. Simpson's, is much much bigger. Probably because they got 
pretty good reception out of him in this. And then, yeah, he did a fine really, job. Yep. I mean, if you, if you uh, if you set aside from the fact that he probably killed two people, you know, he's a he's a talented comedic actor. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we got that, and then we have um. Uh, he's trying to hunt down this case a little bit, and he, that introduces him to Ricardo Montalban's character, um, Victor Ludwig. Vincent Ludwig. Oh, Vincent. Who, who got the got the part due to his performance as Khan Nuni Singh in Star Trek II: Wrath of Khan. Khan, yeah. So mm-hmm. I didn't realize he was the Wrath of Khan. Well, guy. he's he's Khan. Oh yeah, that was yeah. it was like his primo role. Yeah. That and uh, pure Corinthian leather. I'm not a well, Trekkie. Well, neither am I, but I still know Wrath of Khan. I'm no Trekkie. I. It's it's that and again the car commercials for yeah. I want to say olds was it Rolls Royce or Oldsmobile? Um, yeah, he's also um, in. He's done a bunch. A of couple stuff. of the Planet of the Apes sequels. Mm-hmm. But he is yeah. Ricardo Montalban. So he he plays uh, the antagonist, um, mm-hmm. and, and Frank has to suss him out and get some evidence on him, get some dirt, and that's where he also meets. Uh, uh, Priscilla, Pr- uh, Priscilla Presley's Priscilla uh, Queen of the Desert. <laughs> is that what her name is? Uh, whatever. No. Uh, Presley's mm-hmm. Miss Presley. Uh, Miss Presley's character. I can't forget. Yeah, Priscilla. Yeah. Why? That's such a weird change. It. Okay. Stop. He's dead. Um, <laughs> that's where we get uh Miss Presley's character coming in. Uh, Jane Spencer, who's a love interest in this. Um. And she immediately flirts with them, and they they have their their interesting mm-hmm. scenes. And she's portrayed Classic. as portrayed in the beginning as as a bit of a klutz, um, but I don't really remember that like coming off too much more throughout the movie. Yeah, not not like particularly things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So That's I was a good hoping thing about that would have movies a that move payoff. this fast is like if there's something that doesn't quite work, you just you just go. And it doesn't yeah. stick around long, like a lot of the dated, like a lot of the um, time-sensitive jokes or era-sensitive jokes. Yeah, which I don't. There's they went so they by were so fast too many. I like like I think the the one that I I kind of remember is they they went to a movie and they're laughing and having a good time, and then it oh, shows it's up it's Platoon, which is not a movie That's that a you're gonna movie. fucking laugh yeah. at. <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, like this. But if you didn't know, you still kind of got yeah, it. They and... so the, yeah, they. It's basically he's he's trying to find evidence to to link uh, him to this, and he falls in love with Jane, and their love uh, overcomes the brainwashing at the end of the movie. Uh, he they're at the baseball game, and he has to. One of the players is going to commit the assassination, so he does a bunch of hijinks to suss out who that is and they stop the thing one of my favorite gags in that is he takes off his mask and they think he's the opera singer and they start chanting the opera singer's name that one just i i forgot about that joke and they just straight pulled the rug out from under me that that actually got me um it's enrico palazzo (laughs) palazzo palazzo so um i will say again classic plot device this mind control uh it would be later used in a really big comedy film i know you some of you might know it black widow yes uh oh, i love that very movie. funny movie so funny um yeah um this movie is is much 
much better than that. Um, and you know, I go watch it. Like that, we we can't do it justice talking about it here. So we'll we'll just and we wouldn't. I don't want to spoil jokes. Yeah, we'll we'll just uh, let you enjoy it for yourselves. And wrap up here on this episode of the Saturn Studs podcast. Uh, stay tuned to our Twitter for more deets about our our return to Twitch, um, which will be coming up too soon. Twitch TV backslash Saturn Studs. If you want to preemptively follow, uh, you can go ahead and do that, and uh, you won't be disappointed. I hope uh, SaturnStuds.com place to go for links to our YouTube channel, old episode archives, all that sort of shit. Um, anything you need, Peter's having facial tics, so we'll we'll get out of here. Post haste. I'll just keep waiting until until, until next over. time. Be well, stay <laughs> safe, and party like it's 1995. Peace. Bye bye. <laughs>